a warm welcome to any of our guests who are in town here for graduations, and also congratulations to any of our graduates this week. I hope God fills you with his abundant graces as you make this transition into a new stage of life. Everyone, the gospel today is a nice little start, a highlight for the next two weeks. We have the ascension, Jesus ascending into heaven, and we have Pentecost in two weeks. The ascending and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the apostles. But we have Jesus here, and the church gives us this gospel to help prepare our hearts as we approach these two great feasts. And so, a homily here on the Holy Spirit, the reality, the truth, the real person of the Holy Spirit. As Catholics, we can often, I think, forget about the Holy Spirit. We can talk about the Father and the Son, but we forget about the Holy Spirit, our dear Protestant brothers and sisters, are much more attuned to this, the person of the Holy Spirit. So to help us enter into this a little more, everyone, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the heart of the church. The living presence, the living spirit of the Lord. That after Jesus ascended into heaven, the last 2,000 years has been the time of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit at work through the church, that the Holy Spirit is just as much at work today as he was at Pentecost. A few examples of how the Holy Spirit is working in the church today. If we look at the first reading, right, we have the apostles trying to figure out this problem, solve this issue of the Gentiles and Jews. And what do we hear the apostles say? They write this letter, and it says, uh, the decision made by us and the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely critical as Catholics to remember, right, the decisions, the teachings of the church are inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's not human teaching. We don't live by human teaching. We live by the teachings of God given by the Holy Spirit. Right? What does that look like? The Pope, the office of Peter, he can proclaim, he can infallibly teach. Why? Not because of he's a great guy, but because of the Holy Spirit what the Holy Spirit has promised. The ecumenical councils, right? All the bishops, they can teach because of the Holy Spirit. We have, right, how does the, Jesus says in the gospel, I'll send you the Spirit, and he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. How does he remind us? How does the Holy Spirit teach us primarily? Those about 2,000 pages of what we call sacred scripture, everyone. It's not just a bunch of human words written on the page. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? 
It's the Holy Spirit who's the primary author of all of Scripture. That what is contained in Scripture is the fullness of salvation. That it wasn't just a guy, the four evangelists writing the the Gospels, but they were inspired by the truth, by the person of the Holy Spirit. We hear in in the creed that we will profess together here shortly, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. The Holy Spirit, everyone, is the giver of divine life. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have grace. It happens in baptism. And in fact, right, we hear Jesus says, the Father and I will come to dwell in you. That's what happens at baptism. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that God, the Spirit, truly lives in us through grace, through the sacraments. We hear in the Eucharistic prayer, right, every time the priest puts his hands out like this, the epiclesis, the calling down of the Holy Spirit to bless the bread and wine to make it into his body and his blood. The Holy Spirit is at work today, every day. It's so important to believe, to experience, to have a heartfelt uh, experience with the Holy Spirit because he's truly at work. Everyone, what does it look like in our life in a more practical way? I think it plays out in the titles of the Holy Spirit. If you just Google titles of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find a huge list of names for the Holy Spirit. We hear in the gospel, right, the advocate. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. In contrast to, right, the spirit of evil, Satan, the accuser, right, Satan accuses us of our sin. The Holy Spirit advocates for us, gives us mercy. He's on our side. We have nothing to worry about, right? The Holy Spirit is also called the consoler, that he consoles us in times of difficulty. He's the sanctifier. The spirit of divine love, right? The very love between the Father and the Son. He's the counselor, the comforter, the spirit of life, the spirit of truth, and the paraclete, parakletos, the helper, everyone. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us by God, the greatest gift so that we may be consoled, that we may be comforted in the trials on earth right now. That's why the Spirit is here, to help us. The image I would just end with and give to you, what is, how do we know that we're experiencing the Holy Spirit? Obviously, we have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, patience, all those good things. 
But it's that window right there. Our crucifixion window. Right? The time of great sorrow. The time of greatest trial and suffering. And then when that light hits that window, how beautiful it is. Everyone, when we experience God, when we experience God in our suffering, in the darkest moments, the times of greatest pain, what do we experience? We experience the light of the Holy Spirit. And we can actually experience joy in our suffering. That I think the clearest mark of our experience of the Holy Spirit is when we experience joy in the midst of our suffering. We experience meaning, light, peace, joy in the place of suffering. This week, let us ask Jesus for his spirit that we may experience the Holy Spirit of God in a new way that he may change our hearts inflame our hearts with divine love that we may know of our friend the Holy Spirit let us beg Jesus for this grace this week